Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scooty. Hiya! And Johnson. Spring has sprung. Spring sprang. Spring sprang. Guido on the football field. Yes. On the football field, we had some spring football. The gold blue game, as they call it. And I don't know what we learned from it. Uh, I watched it on the ESPN Pluses and not sure if we learned much from it guys here's okay here's the problem felt i'm gonna dive straight into it okay all right then we'll then we'll pick it apart but go ahead so wait a minute scoot first of all so you're you're not going to anything positive you immediately have a problem with the spring game is what you're saying i do okay yeah correct correct my problem is nobody wants to watch it because it's some ridiculous it's not a scrimmage it's like hey we're gonna line up Three on three with a couple running backs, and we'll see what that looks like. Then we're going to run a couple plays, but if the guy actually breaks through and doesn't get tackled, uh, we'll blow the whistle because he ran too too many yards. Like, it's not fun to watch. Nobody wants to watch. Well, it it is an odd watch, but I think that's more because of what we're used to watching on that field versus what it actually is, is would be my defense. Of then it. let it be what it is. Let it be a real football game. I was going to ask though. And I don't, I, I like complete honesty here. I have never, I, I don't, I've, I don't know if I've ever watched WVU uh, gold blue game before. And um, I never have watched any of the, these other ones. Like if you have ESPN plus they're on every five minutes. Like I feel like for the past month, there's been like, 10 every Saturday. Yeah. Are they all like this? Do they all, like I saw, what was it? Uh, Washington State or somebody had like a snap off to begin the game and the two snappers I came saw out that. Yes. and snapped and did like a snap off. And like, and then they were amped. Like the winning yeah, snapper amped. was amped. He and got I was like, that was, they were like, the snappers were pumped. Yeah. And I was like, is that, that wasn't it's that just exciting. Just let it be a football game. Why isn't it a football game? Well, I th- I think we do. I, I, I do think different schools do it differently. And I feel like in the past, um it has been scoot more like a football game and because you'll see you know like here are the stats from here are the stats from the gold blue game and then notoriously we had like some players in their career would have massive spring games and then you'd never see them during the season stuff like that because i think it was formatted more like a true game but this felt more and so this might just be the way coach brown and his staff does it i think um and obviously they're at liberty to do that but i just think this felt more like you were watching some organized practice, not even really a scrimmage for some portions of it to me. This was more like just, you know, watching drills, things like that. Yeah, and they had one called the Mountaineer Drill, and it was, you know, they had a bunch of like, I get. you know, different drills. But they also played a little bit. I mean, they had a little, you know, gold versus blue, and they, they scrimmaged a little, just not, it wasn't like a real game. I get I not tackling the, the quarterback, not sacking the quarterback. I get that because let's be realistic. The quarterback's the most important person on the field, to be honest. I mean, it kind of hurts people's feelings when they hear that, but it's true. So you don't want to hurt the quarterback before the season starts. I get that. However, can we like can a touchdown be awarded the same amount of points a touchdown is normal? Like sometimes they're like, well, that was a like I know when Holgerson was there, uh, a defensive breakup 
is yeah, a point. Right. And right. he caught the ball with his left hand. That's two points. But if he catches it with his right, he only gets one point. Maybe like, not that detailed. The, but... the rules were ridiculous. Right. They are ridiculous. Nobody can follow them. But that's what I mean. I... I think I think people do it. I think schools and staffs do it differently. I think it would probably be a little more interesting for people if it were more like a game. But to their credit, they worked some cool stuff in that I think people like the QB skills challenge. I thought was pretty cool. That was something that I'm sure people that attended and watched got got a kick out of. I thought that was cool. Do you think they should have included the fans more, like uh, a nacho eating contest? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that would have been interesting. I mean, there were fans there. There were people in the stand. Yeah, I think I saw the uh, the total crowd was listed at like eighty three hundred people. I yeah, eighty three twelve. So I mean, I, so and uh, I, I there were stats. I mean, there were things to talk about. I mean, did you did anything you know to you guys jump out as interesting or something that you saw with? The players? Well, I think every going in, Guido, I think everyone, I saw a lot of the tweets, you know, the tweets that are out there, the Twitterverse. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of we want Garrett Green, um, which yeah. I wanted to just run by Scoot because I know that's his favorite part of this whole endeavor this season is the Garrett Green experience. And I think he got in. I will say I thought he was, this is going to sound a bit silly, but I'm just honestly, he's faster on his feet than I thought he was. He you know, like he would roll out, scramble a bit, super mobile. Um, I didn't realize that about him. And I also thought watching some of what I got to watch and then in the recaps I got to watch, I thought Jared Deggy, um, it felt like he had more zip on his throws than we saw him ending the end of the season last year. So from the quarterback spot, I thought that was interesting. And then I thought, I made the comment to Guido, I think, Tony Mathis, I think Tony Mathis is uh what, twenty-four, number twenty-four in the running back, um in the running back group. I think in those situations, you know, you never know if that's gonna translate to live action, but I think he looks great at the running back position. Not that we need you know, we already have the benefit of Letty, but I think for the future he looks terrific. Yeah. I mean, so from a quarterback standpoint, so that's uh, and I want I've been wanting to talk quarterbacks with all week, you know or all, you know, the last couple of days waiting to talk to Scoot about the quarterbacks. I got to tell you, Jared Dagey, I thought didn't look that bad. I was pleasantly surprised at how he looked. I, I, I will say, though, if you want to go through the stats, there's only one quarterback that threw a touchdown. That was Goose Crowder, threw a 65-yard zinger to, uh, who was it, Sam Brown, Sam Brown. Yeah, Sam Brown. He threw a six, nice sixty-five-yard touchdown. Well, to Scoot Sam Brown. wants the goose to get loose. Here's the, Scoot's dying for goose to get loose. Well, I would like to see goose get loose. Goose. So here's my take. Okay, I know you guys have been waiting on this. This is what uh, maybe uh, America has been waiting for for Obviously. the next download. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jared Deggy is um, going to throw the ball five to ten yards. Uh, he also benefited from the fact that nobody could tackle him because he was wearing a white jersey. So <laughs> had he been wearing uh, a gold jersey, there's a very good chance he would have ended up on his back at some point. Um, and then maybe he's throwing the, the five to ten, and that's about all he does. Uh Garrett Green, I do think, is a little bit more exciting than Jared Deggy. However, he is very short. Uh, I don't know how he's going to be able to see over his line. That's a concern for me. And uh, Goose has got some size to him. Uh, he's got the greatest nickname in college sports. And um, 
I would like to see the goose and the deuce. We saw the deuce. Goose and deuce getting loose? Come on! <laughs> How exciting would that be if Morgantown had two guys, one goose, one deuce? Well, I think speaking of deuce, though, he, for, for just like not warming up, walking out and participating, that was like, I was pretty gassed about that. That was pretty awesome. He looked great. And I think people were kind of saying like, hey, deuce almost won the quarterback skills challenge. I don't think he almost won. I, I no. think Jared Deggie you know, one handily, but I, I do kind of think he beat out Garrett green during that whole sesh. So I thought that was impressive. I mean, good for him. He's obviously, you know, we, for, for goodness sake, we've certainly heard that he played quarterback in high school. We were full well knowledgeable about that. From, so do you think that's football. a good thing or a bad thing? Like if you're, if you're Neil Brown, I think it's suboptimal. Are you, yeah. Are I, you cringing a little bit when you see Deuce throw that ridiculous pass into the net? You're like, oh, yeah. Geez, you're like, what oh, what did here? they? Oh, they trotted out one of Bob's guys cold, and he's beating our. Oh, that's interesting. That's fun. Yeah, that's uh, fun. Did we recruit him? No, we did not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can we, is it too late to recruit him? <laughs> Who do we have to talk? Do we have to talk to Eric Martin to get him? Who do we got to talk to? Larry? I I think that you know. It, the one thing that this game, whatever you want to call it, this skills competition, kind of solidified for me was Deggy's going to be the starter. And he he looked like the starter. He got reps like the starter. You know, he just he got treated like the starter. I mean, I know everybody's like, oh, it's a competition. It's a competition. I don't think it's a competition, boys. I think Jarrett Deggy is going to be the starting quarterback this fall. I just these words, these words you're saying. Have me <laughs> promptly packing up my suitcase from the tent, and we're heading back to the bus stop. <laughs> so you're not you're not even staying at base camp for the climb. You're saying you're not on the climb. You're no longer even staying at base camp for the climb. I'm I'm thinking about getting back on the bus <laughs> and going back to town. We're gonna go back to uh, downtown. Uh, if I knew a town in Nepal, I would name it. So we're going to go downtown <laughs> That's what I was Nepal. To say, yes. There you we're, go. We're going to go urban Nepal yes, somewhere. Okay. I do want to mention friend of the show, Scooty, Marquan Rucker. Looked yes. Looked very good on uh, whatever I guess national internet television uh, this weekend. Um, catching a pass, he he had a he had a catch out there. He you know ran. He had one of the skills competitions. He got a touchdown on, like, he looked good. Yeah, I I was impressed with Mark. I know there was a write-up that came out, um, I'm going to say it was probably about two weeks ago, probably before the last, last time we recorded, or maybe right after the last time we recorded. And uh, Chad Scott, the running backs coach, was interviewed, and they were asking him about all the different running backs they have in the spring camp. And he... I thought talked very glowingly of, of Mark Rucker and how Mark has kind of adapted to uh, playing in college. And he is, I think you guys would agree, Mark is the prototypical small school West Virginia high school football player in the sense that he's talented enough to play Division One football. And in high school, he didn't have to do much to stand out, but uh, right. Chad Scott talked about how it was real important for for Mark to work on more than just one cut and and getting comfortable running up the middle and and um, taking shorter strides because I guess Mark 
has uh, had a bit of a longer stride from when he was in high school. So um, I thought that that was pretty glowing, though, because Chad Scott said that he had improved on all those areas. And I think we saw a little bit of it in the spring quasi game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I feel good about running backs again this year. I mean, I really do. I think, you know, you've got a guy like Letty Brown where expectations are going to be high this year. You've got... You know, like we just talked about Tony Mathis and Winston Wright, you know, ran some as well. Um, and then you've got a various Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah. Like he's another one that's, you know, so it's a pretty deep, you know, and I hope that there are Mark two Wong freshmen some, also coming. Yeah. And I hope that I hope that they all get a good amount of time. But um, I feel like it's a good, deep running back core again this year, which is, you know, good for us, especially behind what's probably going to be a pretty awesome offensive line. You know, both the defensive and offensive lines look strong. Um, so it's it's interesting. I don't think we learned a lot defensively out of this game or practice or whatever. It was hard to, you know, catch anything. I mean, you know, Vandarius Cowan, Akeem Mesador both had sacks. I mean, there were a ton of sacks that went around. You know, you had um, Jared Bartlett had a sack. Sean Martin had a sack. Jordan Jefferson had two sacks. So, but a sack was just running and touching the white jersey. Right. So, yeah, Jared Bartlett, you know. who was coined the uh, best defensive player on the team in Game Two, uh, by some random ESPN announcer <laughs> yes. who claimed like he will be happy. I mean, no disrespect to Jared Bartlett, he's a decent player. Uh, I did not know that he was the best player on the defensive side, according to that guy. He was just raving about Jared Bartlett. He right. barely talked about uh, the Stills brothers and or the entire well, backfield. Guido, I think I think too this the depth at running back and hopefully the the improvement and the continued good because I think we played well last year on the offensive line as well. I'm hoping that also helps take maybe um, not take some of the pressure off. I you know I don't know how much pressure was there last year, but let's allows Jared Dagey to be a little bit more comfortable too when he's dropping back to pass, and hopefully we see the benefit of that because I still think. I know we had a case of the dropsies for the middle portion of last year in the receiving core, but I think when you watch some highlights of the spring game, you know Bryce Ford Wheaton is still um, is still super talented on the outside. You talked about Sam Brown. I think we've got some some talent at the wide receiver. So you know if maybe if Jared Deggy, you know, like I said, I thought he looked like he had more zip on his passes from last year. If he's comfortable back there, then that can only benefit, you know, that can only benefit us. Yeah. And I think on the wide receiving side of things, I mean, that's, that's going to be the tale. That's going to be what we talk about. You know, game one is how many drops were there? Were there a lot of drops? Did they, were they able to hold on to the ball? I mean, you've got some guys, you've got Caden Prather, who's I think is going to be good. You know, Reese Smith, who we've been waiting for to have like right. a breakout moment. Yeah. So I think there's guys there. It's just a matter of, you know, are we going to have another season of dropsies or, you know, can these guys hold on to these passes? Because I think, and Scoot, I, I, I'll i say this, I think if those guys could have caught half of their drops last year, that you would be saying that Jared Dagey's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big uh, Well, that's not, I mean, here's the thing. I will be saying this. If they caught half of their passes West Virginia would probably lead the country in yak. I don't know. I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I can remember weeks and weeks and weeks of us talking about how many drops they are. And again, it's hard. Again, we didn't see it. I was going to say, interesting, a name you didn't mention, uh, Sam James. Remember last year, I believe I claimed he was going to be the breakout player of the year. Not only was he the breakout player of the year, I think his hands were broken because he did not catch very many balls. Um, 
and he's kind of just become a sh- a, a yeah. shadow. Uh, didn't show up on the. He doesn't show up on the stat line from. Did he play? Did he? Even I don't play even him? know. Like maybe he didn't, didn't even play. Him. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he was. Injured. Um, but that's. He went from a, a solid freshman year to me thinking, okay, this guy's going to be one of the next great receivers we have, and he's nowhere to be found. I will tell you where I am nervous, guys, and this is going to be kind of obvious. Okay. Defensive secondary. I'm a little, I'm a little scared. Yeah, well, I'm a little scared. It, defensive secondary. I mean, and if you go through the stats for our wide receivers, like listen to listen to some of these. So Winston rates long was 21 yards. Okay, whatever. Maybe you know. Uh, and then you go you go to the other side. Sam Brown, sixty five yards. Caden Prather, fifty one yards. So uh, that secondary, you know, let a couple of big ones through on Saturday. Yeah, it's always hard to gauge that in a game like that. But I think, I think I'm probably with you if I'm if I'm kind of generalizing, just because you don't. To me, that's a bit of an unknown after you spent everything leading up to this crazy transfer portal season on you know one or two guys that you thought were just lead pipe locks at those positions. So I think it's going to be next man up. I kind of thought at one point we had a lot of depth at that position though. So I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping we're still in good shape there. I mean, and I, I think it's hard when you have a new coach in that position. Um, I think it's hard when you have a coach that I think a lot of people loved and thought fit with the program leave and then takes some of his best players and, or, you know, or not takes, but I should say some of his best players leave the program when he leaves. So it'll, that that's one place on the field that I'm a, I'm a little nervous about. Yeah. And I think, I think Shadon Brown comes in though. I mean, in, in his, to his credit, he's, he's new to us, but he's certainly not new to coaching and coaching this position. And he's, and he was hired for a reason. So I'd say, if anything, he's he's ahead of the game and already scouting that out. If he thinks it's a need, I, but I but I, like I said, I think we already had some depth there, and it's probably next man up. And if that's not working out, I'm sure he's going to attack it. But it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I'm sure it took everyone by surprise when those guys left. Speaking of coaches, guys, so just before the game or slightly before the game, they announced Coach Neil Brown two-year extension now extends him through 2026 at WVU um how are we feeling about that well my initial reaction was just a little bit surprised to be honest with you not I mean look I love Neil Brown I mean it's nothing negative toward him but to to come out with an extension my first thought was that's interesting we really haven't accomplished anything yet so it's like you're you know you're going ahead and locking him in I guess based on what you see in the culture and what you you know you see as just trying to make sure you don't have any hiccups on the climb scoot I I don't get it I don't I I know that there is a lot of behind the scenes kind of stuff in the sense that if you don't lock somebody up beyond their like if you don't extend somebody that that's contract runs out in like three years we need to extend him two more years or what? Like to me, that doesn't make any sense, but it's very common in college football because everyone's always worried that their coach is going to get poached by somebody else. So I think that they do that in, in an effort to at least keep maybe their buyout years, those numbers up perhaps to kind of slow some of these other colleges down from trying to, trying to talk Neil Brown into, you know, like if it's an sec school or something saying, Hey, listen, yeah, I know we're Vanderbilt. We haven't been anything, but why don't you come to an SEC school? Well, I think Scooty, like if you're if you're WVU and you're looking at 
the trajectory of the program on a whole. And you're looking at how recruiting is, how the performing is, and you're thinking, okay, if we can lock him up for another couple of years, you know, where, how does that give us a chance to win the big 12, to go to the, you know, to the, to the final four of football, whatever we're calling it next year. Um, you know, his buyout increases, it pretty much put him in a position where, I mean, I, I don't think that anybody would poach him for another two to three years if they tried to, cause they'd have to, you know, settle out on that buyout. So it gives you maybe three years of a coach still recruiting, still staying. Does it help recruiting? I mean, and I, I, I will say this, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still on the climb, guys, and you guys know that. Like, I like his personality. It fits with the state, and it fits with what West Virginia people like. And, and I think that, you know, with time, that'll pay off. I think in past it hasn't, and I think this this time it will. I know I don't have any like data to back that up, Scooty, but like I feel like in time, having him in. And the personality, the fit with the state, I think all of that pays off in time. I I want to see more. Listen, we can't keep tr- – like, I'll be honest. He should have pulled the plug on Jarrett Dagey probably by game five of the season last year. Instead, we don't pull him until the halftime of the bowl game. To do like, what, though? To I do don't what? know. To do, something to do something exciting to excite the fan base. Well, what right would now be ex- it's like what would be exciting to put a running back at quarter? Like I don't even know. I don't know. I I want Scott would something... rather lose by fifty to and see some random kid in there, Garrett Green, get his head taken off. That's no, what Scoot wanted. Garrett Green would never get his head taken off. He'd outrun that. The problem is, Scooty, is that you know, I don't. I think. Do I think Jared Daggy's a great quarterback? No. Do I think half of his problems were not him last year? Yes. I now, think, listen. You know, hey, this is exciting. The uh, hot dog <laughs> vendor from Section Two Hundred Six is in at quarterback. <laughs> Prior to the spring game, you were you were getting off that climb. I put me back on. So a this little spring bit. game, this spring game has changed your. This spring game has changed your mind on Jared Daggy because he was able to not hold on to the ball too long. For, I saw he tucked the ball one time and ran it to the left. That, uh, in a controlled environment where the coach is standing like three feet behind him, he was able to to do that in the safety of this uh, weird scrimmage. Okay, all right, let's do let's uh, this is let's do it. I get it, and like it, we have plenty of time to talk about it. The one thing I wanted to do today, post post gold blue, and then we'll move on to other things, is I wanted to do our way too early season predictions. Oh boy. All right. So we we saw what we saw on Saturday. We know what we know or what we think we know about who's going to be starting quarterback or whatever. We think we're going to play 12 games this season. That's looking like it's a possibility, right? So, WVU 12 games in 2021. Uh Johnson, I'll let you go first cuz you seem to be the one that's the most level-headed of the three of us this week. What what do you see as the outcome next year? Just looking for a number. Are we twelve and zero? Are we zero and twelve? Like, what's your pick for WVU football? Knowing what you know at this point. Well, I think the first three games of any season for us is always like you kind of get that litmus test for what you think the conference is going to have in store. And so we open, we go to Maryland, Long Island, Long Island, and then Virginia Tech. Uh, we do get Virginia Tech at home. I. I think that those are three potential wins right off the bat, Scoot. And because I don't think any of those teams are world beaters right now. I mean, I don't I don't know what all Virginia Tech has coming back, but 
it's not like they were, you know, burning burning up the place in the ACC last year. They were they were solid, but I'm just saying there's nothing there that makes me go, "Whoa, we can't we can't get a win there." So, I'm saying we get off, if we can get off to a strong start, um that will prepare us for the awfulness that will come in the next couple games <laughs> because once we get through that non-con, then you go at Oklahoma, Texas Tech, at Baylor, at TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, um, at Kansas. You'll you'll be happy we're at Bill Snyder Family Stadium uh, this season. And then we finish out with Texas and Kansas. So when I look at that conference schedule, Guido, I think – like I'm counting five losses in there, so I'm you're seven and five. Yeah, so that leans me, that leans me seven and five after that solid start. I, that to me that feels like, to me that feels reasonable. Okay, when I look at that, when I look at that schedule, I'll tell you where I'm at this year, boys. And I, I, maybe it's maybe it's the high off of watching oh, some God. football. I know where this is going maybe, already. I can just maybe tell. it's it's whatever. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it's going to be a great year to be a Mountaineer. I'm looking eight and four. We're not going to beat Oklahoma as much as we want to. We're good, but we're going to beat Texas. We're probably going to lose. I'm going to we're going to pick one up between Texas Tech and Baylor. You crazy? <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll probably lose Oklahoma State is what I'm thinking. Uh, I think we got. I think we got everything else. I think we clean up everything else, boys. Eight and four. You forget we couldn't beat Boner Stabone from Texas Tech. Like Boner Stabone ran loose all over us. Texas Tech. We didn't even know the guy different existed. Year, man. College football, different year, Scoot. We did not even know this guy existed. He really did look like Boner Stabone, <laughs> and he ran wild. All right, uh, so John Johnson seven and five. I'm a I'm a very positive eight and four. Scooty, what are you? I, uh, much to no one's surprise, is not all that excited about how the season is shaping up. Let me give you the away games because I think that's tough too. So we go at at Oklahoma, we're Loss. at Baylor, we're at Loss. TCU, <laughs> we're at Kansas State, uh, and we're at up. Kansas to end the season. Should be a win. Um. So yeah, if we don't beat Kansas, if we don't beat Kansas, I'm done. I might not be a fan of WVU anymore. Okay. <laughs> if we lose to Kansas this year, I mean that's a dumpster fire of a team right now. But anyway. even by Kansas standards, yeah, I am solidly thinking we are going to bounce between four and eight and five and seven. Wow, four and eight, four and eight or five and seven. Not even bowl eligible. Listen, you're talking about no defensive backfield. We've got Nick Troy Fortune. Johnson, put this in the notes. I want to go. Ba- I want to come back to this like, next year. Please, dear God, nothing. If if Nick Troy Fortune gets hurt, who's going to play back there? Four and eight. Alonzo Adai, and and that's it. Why like, are you? Look, why are you even on a podcast about WVU sports if you think it's going to be four and eight, son? What did we finish? We're fans. Like you're not a fan. What did we finish last year? What did we finish last we year? We were six and four last year. Listen, what like that's what winning records. Scoot. I think five and seven is realistic. Five and seven. I heard four and eight. Uh, I heard well, four either and eight. four and eight or you five said and seven. Four and eight. <laughs> I did yes. say that because I think it's realistic that it could be four and eight. But you have to you have to land on something. No, but okay, yeah, yeah, land on something. But five and seven, five and seven. But that's still worse than last year. You think we're, we're worse not than better. we were last yes, year? Yes, I do. Think we improve. <laughs> 
No, oh, I don't. Come on. Where did we improve? Where? You tell me. Offensive line. We added. We added an offensive lineman. Where else did we improve? Our run game was the strong part. Oh my gosh. Our run game was the strong part of our team last year. So that's not going to be any different, right? The the passing game is that going to be better? <laughs> the defense. I mean, it's, we're I not better. No, we're be- We're going to be better. You're ridiculous. No, you I think we are not most- better. Listen, I can't believe you think we're not going to be a bowl eligible. Twenty dollars. My record. Twenty dollars. The closer to the record that it'll be. All right. Well, we'll have a lot more football to talk about. We're going to probably take a couple weeks off of it so Scoot and I don't kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're heading in the right. We're heading in the right direction. I wanted to also bring up Scoot for you. Uh, the football awards they gave out the spring awards. Did you? I don't know if you saw that. Well, I saw a listing uh, of some of those. Yeah, the Juice Award went to your boy Garrett Green. And that won the has offensive to be Juice award. your favorite award ever, Scoot. Come on, I Come on, mean, I, I would be the if I was on campus. I would like to think I'd be in the running. Wolf Wolfman was uh was the was on the broadcast on Saturday, and I think I've never heard a grown man say juice so many times <laughs> on a on a television broadcast in my life. He kept talking about Neil Brown and the juice, and these guys got juice, and I was like, okay, enough with the juice. Like, make me thirsty. I, I miss Al Pogue. Al Pogue was a juice man. Al Pogue was he a juice was man. a juice man. Yes, Al Pogue, Al Pogue was a juice man. But uh, so definitely check it out. The spring football practice awards. Uh, we're interesting. So here's we didn't we talked briefly about the Deuce McBride appearance at the Gold Blue game, and yeah, it was cool to see him come out and throw a football around. Also announced this week, I guess his sister is going to be attending WVU. What does this mean, guys? Does this mean anything? Is Deuce coming back? Is Deuce not coming back? What does this mean? I don't think he comes back. Still, do you think this was like just a last hurrah goodbye? Show up in front of people. I do. They gave him a nice jersey. I, I think had uh, had they not thought he was totally leaving, then they probably wouldn't have given him that nice jersey. Yeah, I think for <laughs> me, it's he still feels uh, like I don't think my attitude has changed since we last talked about it. I felt like he was more gone than staying. So I guess that's where I'm at too, Guido. Yeah, I mean, I I I think I'm with you. I just thought it was interesting. He showed up. I mean, the fans went crazy. He did his. He played around in the QB drills. Yeah, and I thought, I thought it was. I mean, good for them for involving him because I think the fans loved it, and and good, good on him to be willing to be a part of it. You know, I mean, he could have he could have said no, I, but I thought that was cool. I thought it was neat to see him out there, and I thought it did jazz up the. He was the wearing your favorite jersey, favorite the gray. Yeah, he's wearing the gray. He went gray. I like the gray. Well, you know what? It looked yeah. good on him. I, I give him credit. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, also in WVU basketball news, Emmett Matthews lands at Johnson University of Washington, which we speculated. Johnson said he called it, so went home, went home. That was the whole big thing. Like all over his Twitter is about going home. I'm home. I'm b- back to my home. Yeah. So. And Scoot, can I just say that when I was reading that tweet, and then if you took any time to read the responses to his tweets, this one kind of made me sad because I was a big Emmett Matthews fan. I like him. He had. He had cool hair. I think you appreciated that. <laughs> he seemed like a good guy. Like he resonated with fans. I think, and I think people, he was a good kid. people I... really reached out in that in that Twitter feed to wish him wish him the best. So I, I'm gonna be paying attention. I hope he has, you know, a, I, f- I hope he finishes out super strong at Washington. Uh, he's he's I, a good guy. I think he, um, for whatever reason, and I don't know why this is. I guess we've never really thought about it or talked about it. But if you look back at the 
I don't know, the three, four combo guy, the, the six foot seven to six foot nine skinny guy. WVU has a tendency to not keep those guys for four years. They tend to transfer yeah. out or they tend to either yeah. get dis- like Issa Ahmad gets, dis- gets dismissed. Wesley Harris fits into that category. Um, uh, uh, Keaton miles. I mean, we have, we have this long list of guys that just for whatever reason, kind of phase out of that spot. Don't stay four years and graduate or don't, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I would even throw Devin Ebanks into that. They just don't stick around. So, um, it's uh, kind of an odd thing. Is that just because that role is so in a Huggins offense is so not defined as you're not a paint guy and you're not an outside guy. You know, it's not like well, you know I, I don't you're know. not a shooter and you're not a rebounder. Is it is it something where that's probably a hot commodity in the NBA and maybe those guys feel that Huggins doesn't use them as the nba would or feature them as the nba would so they kind of find themselves like well if i go to this place maybe i'll be used differently which will kind of entice the nba to drafting me or to to picking me up i don't know um but they do tend to not stick around and jalen bridges is I, i don't anticipate him going anywhere but he is of that mold he's kind of that six seven to six nine skinny guy we'll just have to see what what becomes of his career um i will say this i i think that um i think and i think you're going to go this way here in a second but i think the uh, transfers have led me to believe other things as in the yeah. offering well right and that and kind of what i what it's looking like so if you haven't heard poly polycap poly polycap it, like, from where? Yeah, this from where? From where? From DePaul. If he came from DePaul, from DePaul <laughs> has committed to WVU. It's the most ludicrous thing ever. Like it's great. That's like uh, Fran Frankincense from St. Francis. Like, come on, nobody <laughs> does that. Frankincense, like, uh, come on. <laughs> and his his buddy Murr. So between that and uh, and Diamond Kerrigan, like. It's so first of all, Huggins is back to recruiting defensive players. So if you haven't done any research on these two guys, these are two guys who were defensive standouts on their team, rebounders, inside guys um, that made a difference there. And with Gabe Osaboyan returning, you know, one of the things that it makes you think about is when is, is what's going on with Derek Culver? Like, where does Derek Culver fit in next year in this team with two recruits? Two guys like this and Gabe coming back. It makes me worried that we've got three of the same guy. You do. You pretty much do. With with Gabe, Polly, Polycap, and Diamond. I think Diamond maybe is a little bit more, he's got a better feel offensively for me than the other two guys. I mean, Gabe's offense is, I mean, barely existent. But uh, Polly, Polycap, I think he only averaged like 6.2 points per game or something. I mean, he was low, mm-hmm. six or seven points per game. So he's not like an offensive like juggernaut by any means. No. He does look ripped. That's interesting you would say that there because that really wasn't my reaction when I saw that, though. I, I was thinking that, I mean, if you look at Polycap, he, he's he's physical, right? He just looks oh, physical. Oh, he looks, yeah. If, mm-hmm. To me, Diamond Kerrigan um, – 
is more like a Jonathan Holton when I look at him. And so right, that's, right, I feel like I've right. read some open speculation now. Does Hugs try to go back to more press Virginia type style and speed, you know, force a little bit, at least like three quarter press full court and then and play more aggressive defense, especially with Gabe coming back. I mean, let's face it. That's, that's well, going to be a veteran defender. And they say Kerrigan and Paula cap are rim protectors. I've, I've read that a couple times about, you know, that's how they were described. So, that says to me one of these guys may be kind of like a quote-unquote sags type. So is right. that is that kind of what we're looking to do is put a guy by the rim and then maybe Kerrigan up at the uh, inbounder? But don't you think it's interesting that you're hearing – to me it's such an interesting situation that I don't feel like we're usually in with, with the basketball team. Like if we feel like someone's leaving, that's because we've heard chatter or they've – you know, like you know, like the folks that are dipping their – toe into the nba prospects things like that with Derek culver you it's more like silence opening you know leaving the window yeah. open for speculation to me that's an odd thing this well, year and, and, and i feel like and i don't know the situation but and, and you know and i don't know where where he is but you feel like well one it's kind of late to get into the transfer portal for him it's kind of late to be announcing nba intentions for him he's he kind of slumped I'll use the phrase slumped at the end of the season. I think he has a better chance of being in unorganized basketball than he does <laughs> NBA or another college. Like, I think maybe he just quits basketball altogether. Well, it's just, I'm just saying it's odd, isn't it? The, the, the silence is odd. It just is. Yeah. It, I think I agree with you. The silence is very he odd. He was so frustrated the last five games of the season. I, I don't know. It's he looked miserable. He was kind of getting I, on guys. I thought he, I just think he wants I don't know him, but I, he looked. His body language says to me, "This guy is ready to like mentally explode on people, and he's not having fun." It looks like he wants to just be done with basketball. Well, and that's kind of what I thought. It's just it's like he wasn't having fun. There was at no point where he was like pumped up or excited, and so like then you start to go, well, and then you see you know guys like Polycap and Kerrigan coming in, and Gabe coming back, and you know it, you you say what does all of it mean? I think you know that's and that's. That's the interesting thing about having a whatever 12, 13 guy team, you know, and you go, what does it mean when one guy is kind of silent through all of this? You know, half his team is, is gone. Which is a shame if that's the case, because I, he is somebody that I think was capable of and deserved a, like a final year swan song, you know, showcasing just how dominant he can be. We've had periods with him on the team where we were nothing if it were not him you know asserting dominance with double doubles and stuff so it's just well, and to me this. it's odd that there you know there's this much speculation on a player like that this much silence leaving the door well and i hate to say it because and we're, we're going to talk a lot of basketball next week so i'll leave it with this um i feel like he's going down the same kind of like fade out that sags had with us like it it's a i get i get that same feeling i mean i know sags went on and got G League and some NBA time and all of that, but I feel like it's like we were all stoked for Sag's last, you know, hurrah with WVU, and then he was injured, and then he didn't play, and then he wasn't gonna play, and then he was gone, and then it was like we didn't really get to see any of Sag's sophomore year was amazing. Yeah, it was fun, and that's how Derek was it though. Was you think amazing. about Derek, you know, it's almost the same thing, and now you know, so I don't know. Sag's was must watch TV. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's going to block the ball with two hands every time. It was amazing. So other WVU basketball stuff that we should uh, definitely mention. Number four pick in the WNBA draft, Kaiser Gondresnik 
She goes to the Indiana Fever. Is that what they are? Yeah, the Indiana that's right. Fever. Yep. After all, we had talked about it a few weeks ago, and you know, I had read in a few articles that she was oh, a second round, somewhere in the second round, probably fourth pick overall. One of only four WVU basketball players to ever be picked in the top five of any basketball draft. The other three are amazing, you know. So yeah, well, it's, it's, and and how about I mean that goes to show. Let's not lock down on uh, projections on draft expectations, right? Because that was a you're right. I had read mostly late first round, early second round, and then she goes number four. So that's that's amazing, amazing for her, and and I think it's super exciting for for Coach Carey's program. Yeah, it's great for the program, and it also makes me think that Deuce is leaving as well because Deuce all of a sudden in the last week has gone from a second round pick to a late first round pick, and now I'm like, oh, he's going to be picked like fourth overall probably because. Look at this. So congratulations to her. Um, and congratulations to former WVU basketball player Darius Nichols, who is now the head coach back in his hometown of Radford, Virginia. Yes. At uh, Radford Univ- Is it Radford University uh-huh, or University yeah. of Radford? Uh, I, think I think it's, it's Radford, Radford University. Are you? Right. So congrats, congrats to him. And uh, also, uh, Joe Lenardi loves WVU. He's got WVU. Six seed next year in the 2022 March Madness. So, Scoot, he's he's. I don't even know who's on the roster. How can he do that? Like, <laughs> How can he be doing that? How can he be picking people? We don't oh even know yeah, like half the team's in disarray. Like, is <laughs> he got that high of uh, expectation out of Spencer Mackey and Tash Thweet? I mean, those are the only two guys I feel that are locks. Right. Right. Like, who who's coming back? Well, listen, guys, let's take a break. We're going to come back and do a little bit of our uh, game show, number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, find us online. You can look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can search for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Well, it's been weeks since we have been able to give you a bluff the fluff. Weeks, But yes. it's back. It's back, boys. You got to be excited. Yeah, Woo. let's do I mean, it. Woohoo! <laughs> that Scoot's excited. Woohoo! right there. Is that what you normally do when you're excited, Scoot? Uh, you give a woohoo. Woot, woot. I give a woot woot. Woohoo. Woot woot. All right. Well, Scoot, you should be giving a woot woot because you're leading right now six games to five over Johnson. You won last time when we were talking about Indiana food. So, I mean, mean, it's food. Right. Of course, Scoot's going to win. This week, guys, I thought we'd get a little political. Oh, we needed to get a. Okay. Uh oh. All right. Uh oh. We have to get a little political. So, this week, we are doing what do you know about. West Virginia politicians that played sports. So let's see what you know about your West Virginia politics. Uh, it turns oh, out okay. a quick run through my brain says nothing. <laughs> nothing. All right. Well, listen, Johnson grew up in West Virginia. A lot of old West Virginia politicians in here. You might know something about. Okay. Scoot still Scoot's lived in West Virginia. What? 20, <laughs> you, 
still yeah, there. Not 20, going anywhere. 20, yeah, 20 years. 20 plus years. He's in West Virginia, so he knows a lot about, you know, stuff. He and Big Jim are pretty tight yeah. from what yeah, I hear. Big Jim. So so we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what you guys know about and and on top of that, Scoot's a history buff, knows a lot of history. That's There's true. some West Virginia that history. Does. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I took yeah. a West that's... Virginia history class in college. Just throw yeah, that out see? there. He might, I mean, you might be in trouble. Like there was probably a lot of politicians playing sports in that. Yeah, there was. I mean, probably in the Pringle Tree. In the Pringle Tree. All right, here we go. Uh, so, as always, a correct answer is worth five points, a steal is worth 10 points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Johnson, you get to go first this week. Yes, let's do it. Let's do this. All right. Senator Joe Manchin graduated from WVU in 1970, but he had a scholarship to play this sport at WVU. Was it basketball, football, baseball, or wrestling? Guido, I think he had a scholarship for football. That's correct. Joe Manchin had a scholarship to play football at WVU, but he got injured and uh, did not play four years there. But he did get a scholarship, and Johnson does get five points for that. Congrats, Johnson. Nice. All right, Scooty. Strong start, Scoot. Yeah. Strong start right yeah. there for Johnson, born and bred in West Virginia. Scoot, you're a little bit disadvantaged. Uh, there, wait, so. I think you uh, lied about that last statement. What? That you're at a disadvantage? No, the one before that. Oh, that he was born and bred in West Virginia. That's right. Well, he you may know, have been is... bred, but he wasn't born. <laughs> he wasn't born. <laughs> this is true. Moving along. <laughs> William Marlin was the 24th governor of West Virginia from 1953. Billy the Marlin. Isn't that the name of the mascot? 1953 to 1957. And he graduated from WVU with a law degree in 1947. But he was a star football player at what SEC school in the 1940s? Was it Mississippi State, Florida, Alabama, or LSU? Billy the Marlin. William Marland. Uh, this feels very much like a, I'm going to say Alabama. That's correct. He is, was originally born in West Virginia. And uh, no, I'm sorry. He was originally born in Illinois. Uh, Illinois? No. No S. No. No S. He was originally born in Illinois. He went to college at University of Alabama where he played football um, and then he went to WVU to get his law degree and then stayed in WVU, uh, stayed in West Virginia and became the governor years later. So good job, Scooty. Congratulations. You get five points. Much like you, Scoot, he stayed in the state. Unlike you, he became governor. Why have you not tried to do that? Well, I, think I, um, I don't know why I haven't tried to become governor, but uh, I do follow my native state's motto, which is Latin for he who transplant sustains. All right, so Scoot gets that one right, and Johnson, this next question is back to you. Former West Virginia State Senate Minority Leader and Marion County Representative Roman Prezioso played high school football with which of these well-known college head football coaches? Did he play with Rich Rodriguez, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, or Terry Bowden? Oh, man. I'm going to guess that he played with Rich Rodriguez. 
I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, was it Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, or Terry Bowden? Well, I believe Prezioso is from uh, Fairmont, so I'm going to go with Nick Saban. That's correct. Roman Prezioso and Nick Saban played together at Monongah High School. They played football together back in the day. So congratulations, Scoot. Ten points, and you now have a 15-5 to lead over Johnson. And this next question is back to you. WVU Hall of Famer Tom Pridemore played safety for WVU in the 1970s and went on to play eight seasons in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. After football, what did he do politically? Okay, he became a politician. Was he the mayor of Morgantown, West Virginia State Legislature, Atlanta City Council, or was he named to the West Virginia State Supreme Court? Hmm. <laughs> look at it. Look at Johnson thinking about what? this. What? I thought it was to you. I thought the question was to you. Oh, it's mine? Oh. Yeah, it's yours. Oh, well, in that case, uh, I was waiting for Johnson to answer. I was like, why is he not making a sound? No, I was waiting on you. Okay, um, that's a good question, uh, Guido. Uh, Tom, Tommy Pridemore? Tommy Pridemore. Tommy Pridemore. Well, a uh, little known fact, Tommy Pridemore happened to be uh, uh, mayor of Atlanta. Well, that wasn't even one of the options, but it was wrong either way. So, good job there, Scoot. <laughs> Atlanta City Council, I think, is what you were thinking. Uh, no, he was not on the Atlanta City Council. Well, he he was up for Johnson, it. Johnson, was he mayor of Morgantown, a West Virginia State Legislature, or West Virginia State Supreme Court? I'm going to say he went on to be a member of the West Virginia State Legislature. That's correct. And... And an unlittle-known fact, he was the only active NFL player to hold a political position while still playing in the NFL. Oh, wow. So he was he was in the West Virginia – he was a, a delegate in West Virginia and still played in the NFL. Nice. So pretty cool. All pretty while cool. running for More. mayor of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Johnson ties it up 15-all on that one. And, Johnson, this next question is back to you. Johnson Archmore, well-known governor multiple times of West Virginia, while he didn't play a sport while at WVU, he was a star at this sport in high school in Moundsville. Was it baseball, football, basketball, or track and field? Archmore. Hmm. Embezzling money not in the list, so I'm thrown a bit. Um, can you repeat those really quick for me? Do you mind? Baseball, football, basketball, track, and field. I'm going to say Archmore was uh, a standout on the baseball team. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points in the steal, was it football, basketball, or track? He, uh, to me, looks like a guy that ran track. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Archmore? Star basketball player. Oh, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Star basketball player for Moundsville. So there you go. All right. So another, this one goes back. So nobody gets points there. Still tied 15 all. Scoot, this is the final question before final bluff goes back to you. Another former governor talking about right here. Former governor Bob Wise, mm. who uh, I met we him. Know Bob Wise. I shook his hand. Yeah, we, yeah I've met him. Yeah. Bob Wise was a star at George Washington High School in Charleston. With this sport, was it baseball, tennis, track, or swimming? Ooh, 
I don't know if I can see. I think about how he looks. I know. I was kind of well, thinking that. I don't know that I could see him being a star in any of those things. Uh, <laughs> he did a weird little dance. I think he was known for some weird little dance he would do. Um, you think he had the stash? Did he have the stash when he was in uh, yo, uh, high school? Most definitely. Most definitely. That's something you don't just pick up. That's right. Um, let's see. You you said uh, baseball, tennis, track, or swimming. I'm going to have to go tennis. He looks like a tennis guy. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Johnson, for 10 points and the steal, was it baseball, track, or swimming? I My initial reaction was swimming. I'm going to stay with swimming. Nope, he was a runner. Track and field. He's he a ran runner, the mile he's a and track star. star. Yeah. Bob Wise is going to run away. <laughs> but he ain't going to get far. Tra- a track and field star at GW. So there we go. All right, guys. Well, exciting times here. We're tied up 15 all going into final bluff. Final bluff worth 25 points, as you know. And what we do every week is we ask you guys to buzz in for final bluff. So we got to give our buzzers out this week. Johnson, what's your buzzer for this week? Nutmeg. Nut, nutmeg. Okay. Uh, is, that a, is that a nod no, to I'm Connecticut? No, I'm still is thinking about how... <laughs> Scoot translated his for his state's motto much like Mr. Miyagi when discussing the crane kick. Yes, no can okay. defend. If do right, Scoot. <laughs> if do right, no can defend. That's the way you read off that Latin. I feel like that's the way you described Connecticut's motto that's right. in Latin. Much much like Mr. Miyagi would do. All right, Scooty, what's your uh, what's your buzzer for this week? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we're gonna go with. Uh, Winchester. <laughs> Winchester. Winchester, Virginia. All right. You guys are <laughs> taking little taking little pot shots at each other in your buzzers this week. I'm just saying. A little bit of a knock at, knock at Connecticut, a knock back at Johnson being born in Virginia. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a little rough, guys. A little rough in here. All right. Final bluff. Get your buzzers ready. Here we go. Current West Virginia governor and Greenbrier East girls basketball coach Big Jim Justice graduated from Marshall University, where he was team captain and had a scholarship to play this sport. Was it tennis, golf, swimming, or shot put? <laughs> what? Nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson, uh, you did your buzzer buzzer first. Uh <laughs> More out of desperation than anything. Um, uh, what do you What do you got for a guess? Here? Shot put Was threw it? me off. That's really <laughs> threw me off. I, I when I so much like Scoot's summation of looking at Bob Wise, I'm having a rough time looking at Big Jim. I I'm gonna say golf. I'm gonna say golf. Golf is correct for 25 points and the win. He had a D1 scholarship to play golf at Tennessee and ended up turning it down. Well, he went to Tennessee, then he transferred his first semester back to Marshall University where he was the team captain and on the golf team under scholarship at Marshall wow. University. Big so Jim, he, he wasn't a golf course. Yeah. You're saying he wasn't a swimmer. He wasn't a swimmer. I, was wasn't gonna, a swimmer. I thought he was a swimmer. Wasn't a swimmer, and uh, he kind of looks like a guy who would throw a shot. Yeah, maybe. he does. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> Could you imagine Big Jim in a speedo? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh 
congratulations. Johnson wins 40 to 15 this week and ties it back up against Scooty. Six games apiece. Talking about Jim Justice in a Speedo. <laughs> congratulations, Johnson. Nice. I feel good. I'm tying it back up, Scooty. You, you, every time you think you can pull away, I, I show back up. So I'm not worried. He's not worried. Well, we not got a lot, of, a lot of time left in this year, but uh, but good job, guys. We're all tied at six apiece now. Well, listen, let's take a break. We'll come back with a little segment we like to call Can't Believe My Ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior the Weekend Warrior, and the Outdoor Warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, we've got a merch section. You can buy all your Got Your Ears On gear. Just go to our website, Got Your Ears On. Johnson, there's a ton of other stuff there, too. Yeah, that's right. You'll find the latest blog post for this show, and we'll have all the links to stuff we talked about in the show notes, probably some stuff we didn't even get to. And then you can find the link to that merch that we're talking about right in the sidebar, along with a link to the latest show. So check it out. Uh, are there any got your ears on bathing suits? Do we have any of those? I mean, we might be able to make that happen. Specifically Speedos? Yes, yeah, Speedos uh, is, is the gym on. We might have to get a big gym Speedo. I mean, it feels big. like a horrible idea, but yeah, we could probably do that. Maybe the maybe the state flag on the back, on the on the booty of the, the <laughs> yeah. budgie smuggler? All right. I, all right. All right. Well, I don't even want to ask where you want to put the got your ears on logo. <laughs> <laughs> all right well definitely check it out check out our website got your ears on.com well guys i've got some unfortunate news for you this week Uh-oh. uh oh i got i got word from uh, uh dubs she said that scoop he she he, she locked him down on the internet he wasn't allowed to play or look on the phone this week or read the internet he must have done something wrong didn't do the dishes i don't know so the wife said no internet to scoot so i'm gonna bring you a segment of I can't believe my ears this week. Uh oh. All right. Well, fellas, how about this? Imagine you're home, you and your wife, you're having a lovely dinner. Yes. And then all of a sudden, your house shakes, your foundation cracks, and you all your food goes all over the place. And you're like, what happened? Right? Yeah. All right. Well, so you're crazy. in an earthquake area, maybe? Yeah. Maybe it's an earthquake, right? No, it's in New Hampshire. This week, okay, a, not known for their earthquakes. They're not known for their earthquake. People in New Hampshire this week, uh, near the Kingston, New Hampshire area, their houses shook off their foundations and cracked their foundations when a husband and wife exploded 80 pounds of tannerite for a gender reveal. Okay. I don't even know what tannerite is. Yeah, so what is so obviously tannerite is some kind of explosive. explosive. Some sort of like explosion yeah, explosive that's used that these this couple used to do a gender reveal explosion and it shook houses off of their foundation, cracked windows, wow. cracked foundations. All through Kingston, New Hampshire. Well, do we know if anyone at the gender reveal was injured? 
Nobody at the gender reveal was injured. Wow. It was apparently de detonated safely, uh, but they, uh, the New Hampshire State Police Sergeant Jeff Dade says that uh, tannerite comes with, as an oxidizer and in large forms can be a very large explosive. Wow. And uh, so when you mix it with a fuel, a fuel, it'll explode. It can be very dangerous, and this couple... Uh, used it to do their gender reveal. Was it a boy or a girl? I, that's, they never said that. I read through the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, we don't even find out if it's a boy or a girl. They turned themselves into the police. and uh, That the uh, entire yeah. town, Scoot, now dislikes, right? Oh, my because God. Because you're, you're going to associate the, the poor kid's not even here yet. And they hate the kid. He or she. They don't even right. just hate the parents. They hate yeah. the kid. No, that's what I mean. Now they're unfortunately associated with this event. They're not even here yet. Do you think uh, maybe he's nicknamed Boomer? <laughs> right. <laughs> bam Bam or something yeah. like that. Bam Bam. So they turned themselves into the police. What's their last uh, name? The you guys the last name on this family? They didn't give the last they didn't give the names oh, yet my. because it's still under investigation this is... as to if they did anything illegal. No, but... I mean I think root cause is stupidity. I think yeah, I think we nail right? that down. You know uh, you been... know how they did gender reveals when we were born? Back in your day? Yeah, back in my day. How'd they do it? Uh, looks like it's a boy coming out, Mom. <laughs> looks like it's a girl. Like, that's how they did the gender reveal. Like, you got what you got. Like, you didn't know until it showed up. <laughs> and we liked it. Yeah, like, uh, you know, the the person that's playing the role of the catcher says, looks like a girl. The catcher. Looks like a the boy. Like well, I, I get the, like cutesiness of a gender reveal but guido guido what's the need to take it this far like what's the need know. like when does when are you buying this much tanneride and you're like yeah you know what go go more go more i, <laughs> right. I need just, i need several pounds more of them did any of you have gender reveals guido you had a gender reveal you look like a guy what, with our kids yeah you look like you had no. gender reveals no we did not we did. Did any of you go? We found out. Like we knew what we were having. We had. Yeah, we found out. out. Yes, we did too. Yeah, yeah. I, these people not. who don't find out, I don't get that. Now, and these people. If who, you can find out, find out. Find out. Makes your life it, so much you know? easier. Why yeah. would you want to buy all this? Like, well, we don't want to get too much pink, or we don't want to get something too blue, so we better buy just yellow. But no one is now congratulating them on their announcement of pregnancy or like when in the no they're sending them bills right they're like <laughs> foundation right. work Forget the registry everyone's walking right. around the local lows and home depot cussing these people people are sending them their registry to right. home, yeah home depot it's right. right people do ridiculous things especially in new hampshire where you live free or die that's right, right. Yeah. you almost did with a gender reveal <laughs> you almost did in your gender reveal exactly well, listen, guys, we should probably wrap it up this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for us on Facebook as well, Got Your Ears On, and at Got Your Ears on Instagram and Twitter. And you can look for us on our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. We'll be back next week talking a little bit about Transfer Portal. Is WVU winning? Is WVU losing in the Transfer Portal? Well, give us your opinion. Let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Tune back in. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.